0: Welcome to another episode of Talk That Good Shit. I've got Dan and Chris, and we're not talking about a show because there's nothing to fucking watch at the moment.
1: That's not true. Did you see excellent uses that a pizza cutter could have?
0: Yeah, well, if it was up my own wrist, maybe it would have been five stars, but it wasn't. It was
1: wasn't. close enough. It was close enough.
0: Jericho I
2: think uh, it's probably close enough to you.
0: Let's put that all on the back burner for a minute because... Oh, I hate it. Today, we're going to be talking about... What's been going on in wrestling? And I think let's start with a light topic. Oh. Nikki A.S.H. Not just wins money in the bank, but cashes in the following raw.
2: So as a lot of people who have been, they're, they're, they're not on the fence about it. They're either, I like it because the title's of Charlotte, or they don't like it because it's a character that was basically aimed squarely at children. And they don't understand the concept and gimmick of the, of the character. And on either side of the fence, I can say to those people, Oh my God. Oh, hang on. I can't use the R, uh, a hard R. Can I? Um, can't use a hard M either. Hard M. Yeah. Can't use a hard M. Um, yeah, plainly and simply you're idiotic. Well, it I is- mean,
1: we, you, I was going to say, you can clearly see in my profile picture, people listening can, but you can clearly see, I have
2: a certain champion as my profile picture. I can. I can. I'm not sure if DJ can. I
0: definitely. Can. Oh, I can. Yeah. He
2: just doesn't care.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, it's the right champion to have.
2: Yeah. And it's, right. yeah.
1: I'll, mm. I'll bring it up this way. This is my thing to it. I don't hate it. I will just open that up. I don't hate it. I'm not all for it, but anyone who didn't see this coming is literally not been watching the show the past few weeks. Now, the only thing I'll mention is I didn't think she'd actually cash in this quickly but, I made comment on this on our past two podcasts we had done prior to pay-per-views. Nikki Cross, or Nikki A-S-H as she is now, had gotten into a feud with Charlotte and Rhea. Charlotte and Rhea were one-upping each other after the Oscar thing blew off. And Nikki Cross came up and said, I want a challenge for the title as well. Charlotte told her to go away. Rhea said, no. Fuck you, Charlotte. Give her the fucking time of day. I'll fight her. Charlotte said, you couldn't beat her in two minutes. Rhea went, I'll prove you wrong. Charlotte was right, Nikki Cross survived the two minutes, she won. The next week, Rhea challenged Charlotte to do the same thing. Charlotte laughed and went, I could do it in one minute. Guess what, Nikki Cross lasted the whole minute, she was right again. Charlotte was wrong. Then the next week was a tag match of Nikki Cross and Oscar versus Charlotte and Rhea. Charlotte and Rhea imploded, and Nikki Cross pinned them. She has been beating them week after week after week building up, and then, I didn't think she'd win Money in the Bank. I thought they'd give it to Liv Morgan and build her up so her to go get it. Because I didn't think Nikki needed it. She had enough momentum to go into that feud straight away. But she did win it. Fair enough. And she cashed in. I actually, I commented when I was watching it. So I'm watching, uh, and Chris was on call when I was watching it. And I'm watching Maria and Charlotte go at it. And I'm like, there's one of two ways to sense. Nikki Cross is about to cash in. Or Becky Lynch is about to return. I couldn't tell you which is about to happen. and. Sure enough, Charlotte gets disqualified, and then Rhea takes her out, and Nikki Cross comes down. It's like, okay, it's so the cash-in. That's what we're doing. And she cashes in. And with the amount of time they took, I half thought that Nikki Cross was going to lose. She's going to do a big crossbody, Charlotte will roll through, and pin her. And that did happen the next week after the cash-in. I don't hate this decision. I just don't think that needed to happen, it was a nice big thumbs up, here's your reward for helping us. I think instead what they should have done is I still believe they should have given the briefcase to Liv Morgan to build her up, and on the flip side they should have given it to Charlotte bragging, she'll face anyone, Rhea makes the challenge, Charlotte tells her to fuck off, Nikki Ash comes out, Nikki makes the challenge, Charlotte laughs and accepts, Rhea costs Charlotte, giving Nikki the belt. And then Rhea, Charlotte, and Nikki all have their big complaints and, hey, we get to the triple threat. I think that would have been a bit better than the cash-in, but hey, Nikki Cross got her
2: moment. Cool. She deserves it. She definitely definitely does. It's
1: just, they had been building to this for two months since before Backlash, like around Backlash. Like, this is not a surprise out of nowhere, guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just saying hundred percent not. I mean like at the end of the day and I, the only way I can justify the early cash in is get it done and dusted early while the character still has some form of a head of steam because it'll be yeah. a character. I can see people falling off of very quickly.
1: Yeah. I've seen a few comments saying that certain crowds aren't all behind it and that's just going to be how it is with this sort of gimmick. Same thing happened with the hurricane. It took him years before everyone got on board with it. Um, but my thing with it as well was, um, then another thing, I was going to go off with it as well, and now I've forgotten. Now I'm annoyed. Oh, no, when I was going through, I mentioned our last, uh, last session that I was doing all these write-ups for Money in the Bank, and I finished writing them all up, and I was looking back on it, and someone had mentioned, just after Nikki cashed in, oh, wow, is anyone kind of disappointed that uh, Nikki cashed in so quick? Like, can't we have someone this and that? And I was kind of pointed to the articles I had written, and I just turned around and went, you know, every single time they've had a, two briefcase winners... Someone's cashed in within the first 30 days. And I brought it up. And it was like Miz and Kane. Kane did it the same day. Brian and Del Rio. Del Rio did it in a month. Uh, Cena and Ziggler. Cena did it two weeks later. Randy and 2013 Sandow was the other guy. I've already forgotten. I wrote it up recently. Uh, Randy cashed in a month later. Seth had it for a while. Kame has had it for a while. Ambrose did it the same day. But that's a different situation. Um, 2017. Corbin cashed in in a month. 2018. Uh, Alexa cashed in the same day 2019, Bailey cashed in the same day 2020, Oscar technically cashed in the same day you know, quotation marks, Becky Lynch and then same thing with this WWE has a very big thing against having two briefcases at the same time and I, I don't like that but it doesn't come as a surprise they got rid of one of the two that quickly
2: and I think it's understandable because you don't want to have uh I want to say it. It's you want to be able to have your eyes on one briefcase, like push them to the forefront. Here is and the
1: usually when they did it, yeah. it would go to one smaller star and one mega star. So like it would go Braun Strowman and Alexa. Well, Braun had already called off after everything that happened. At no mercy, but he was building back up. Alexa was already a big star. And she was about to fight Ronda Rousey. Alexa can get rid of it now. She doesn't need it. Then you also had like uh, Randy Orton, Damien Sandow. Very clear difference in star power. Randy doesn't need it. He's already a multi-time world champ. Let's just get rid of that now. He doesn't need to hold on to it. So then the other one still has it for them to build themselves up before they make their cash in. So if we had, and this is where I bring it up, if, and I made it the comment on the day it happened. If we had Liv Morgan and Big E, Liv is not ready for that spotlight yet. She is ready to take the next step to the upper mid card, but she's not ready for the main event. She's not ready for the title. So if she had won it, she would have had to hold it and hold and hold and hold, probably till about the Rumble, maybe a bit earlier. But Big E also isn't quite ready for it yet. He's almost there, but not yet. And on the same time that we have Lashley and Roman, he's not cashing on an either dude just yet. So he has to hold on to it. So then you have two briefcase winners on the same show who can't cash in yet. That's not a good look. It's dividing attention.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's it.
1: There Was there another question to that? Because I, I think I explained Nikki Cross pretty well. I'm pretty, pretty okay with it. And the triple yeah. threat was pretty obvious. After the triple threat, I don't know where we go from there. Maybe Charlotte just gets it back, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. I think Nikki Cross is not... Ge- I don't see Nikki Cross getting out of SummerSlam with that title. I
1: can't see her surviving one month, maybe like what they did with Rhea and Charlotte, where Nikki pins Rhea, and then Charlotte just takes it from her the next month. I can't see that, but I can also see Charlotte just straight up winning it, and then, hey, by the way, Becky Lynch is back, Charlotte, Becky, boom, that can carry us through the Survive series.
0: I mean, especially considering that you're looking at, we're coming to SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, the size of the show is, you know... Apparently they're hyping up as
1: like a second Wrestlemania. Like they're trying to make it a mega event. Like usually SummerSlam is the second biggest event of the year.
0: But it's the biggest party of the summer.
1: Yeah, but it's like because of everything with COVID and all that, they really are trying to push it way harder than normal this year. Hence why we have Goldberg and Cena at the same time.
0: That's exactly it. I guess the only other thing I really want to take out of uh, Money in the Bank before we move on to other topics is that... How many times are they going to show Roman nearly losing to Edge?
1: Yeah, I made that comment when we were watching it too. It, it, not so much of that, but it was there was a certain point in the match where it, it reached, and I just put everything down and went, Roman's winning. It's over. Roman won. And it was like six minutes later, and then Roman ended up winning. But it was like there was an exact point you could see Roman Reigns is retaining. There's no other way this ends. It was about when the ref bump happened, but it was way like, before Seth Rollins got
0: involved. Like this whole thing that obviously that they were doing in the build up is Edge is making everyone in the family tap out. Yeah. At the WrestleMania match, Edge almost made Roman tap out. And then it, in the match at Money in the Bank, he was pretty close there too.
1: It was the thing that I brought up. I think I'm pretty sure I brought it up in the actual review, for like the preview for Money in the Bank. It was my thing where I was like, you guys hyped up that he did this at Mania in this No DQ match, and he did this on SmackDown, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week. But Money in the Bank's a normal match. He won't get away with that. He'll get disqualified. Why are you not making it No DQ? Seth interfering, fair game, still would have made sense, still pushed everything forward, and it also would have been believable Roman could lose because Edge could get away with doing that. By building the match on that in a normal match, that's not why Edge was winning. He couldn't win.
0: What a time to be alive. Yeah, well, it depends in what way. <laughs> I mean, what? We get Goldberg coming back. We got Cena back.
1: I will tell you, I saw many a rumor regarding John Cena coming back. I think I addressed that as well. And I literally didn't believe it until I heard the, the music start. And I was like, oh my God, it's actually John Cena. Holy crap.
0: He has a break in filming movies.
1: Exactly. Although, actually, that's a good thing because uh, you can segue that into another thing because I have a question for you. I don't know if it's on your topic there, but how do you feel about Finn Balor facing Roman Reigns?
0: I am – there's part of me, and it's me looking way too much into this. Oh, Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns at Slummer? At Slummerversary.
1: Slump because it's going to be a slump. aversary.
0: <laughs> it's like, is this going to be the moment Finn is redeemed against Roman? Uh, I don't think so. I don't probably. think it's going to happen, but it's like, well, he beat Seth to be the first ever Universal Champion. Yeah. At SummerSlam.
1: I can see a lot of things going Is this the up? direction? But I think they're going to still go with... I saw a comment about it, and it's they're going to have Roman and Balor on a random SmackDown, and Cena will cost Roman, making Balor the first man to defeat Roman Reigns in forever. So then that way... Roman will be pissed that his winning streak's broken. He will accept Cena's challenge. He'll murder John Cena at SummerSlam, and then we have a natural rivalry into Finn Balor that can carry us through the Survive series because I can see that Balor too. beat Roman. And uh, yeah. yeah, I saw that comment. I was like, that I don't really see it going another way. But it's curious that Finn Balor of all people is going on. It's after like Roman obviously
0: now. it's it's like, okay, well, we're bringing him back from NXT and he needs to be doing something like it would be. You know, it wouldn't make sense to take him away from NXT again to give him nothing to do. Um, but, yeah, straight into a title match with Roman. Yeah. When we've just had John Cena appear and go, hey, I want Roman.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I think they're trying to throw people off the trail, but you wouldn't bring Cena back to not do that
0: match. Also remembering as well, it's like Cena only needs to win one more title. To exactly, beat Rick. I, I think it, I
1: made comments of that at Money in the Bank too, Chris. Where it was, it makes sense that Cena's going up to Roman because you know, mega stars, SummerSlam, big big major event, uh, world title number seventeen, and it's also universal title, the only world title he hasn't won. And then That's that also all elite title, Oos. That doesn't count.
0: <laughs> and then that leads into as well. Then you know, John Cena's going to do the thing that he'll always do, and it's like. What young up-and-coming star is he putting over on the way out?
1: Probably Apollo Crews, honestly. That'd be my you fight, reckon?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I've wank culture's it. been fucking calling it for the last goddamn 17 goddamn years. I, I
1: agree, but I've seen people call, like, random this and that. But it's like, if you're gonna use... Like, Cena and Cruz have been good friends and helping each other for years, like, off-screen. But it's like, if, if Cena's gonna do anything with Cruz, I think this is your best shot. He can lose the IC title to whoever, Cesaro, Nakamura, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, and then he can face Cena and, you know, get a win against Cena. I think the next show is Night of Champions. No, it's Extreme Rules. It's Extreme oh. Rules. Yeah, which would be perfect.
0: Mm. Anyway, now I, I suppose there's a couple of topics on a lot of people's minds. Not really, no. No, but
1: I'm like, oh I should say that.
0: But I want to know where you guys stand on the rumor mill. My
1: stance
0: has not changed. But go ahead. Two big names who are apparently all elite now.
2: Okay, uh, here are my thoughts on the two names. Don't care. Don't give a fuck. I legitimately I don't care about either of them, and I'll I, I'll explain my reasons why. Number one is uh, on the uh, subject of Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson the American dragon. Thank you. (laughs) Is we have already seen him give up a world title, retire, come back from retirement, be the biggest villain in the industry by being captain planet, turning back Babyface, and basically being doing the 2014 thing again in 2021, being inserted back into the main event scene. You could also I mean, do the 2014 thing in 2020 with Bray Wyatt. That that too, yep. And just coming back into the main event and th- this time losing to Roman. And then he just had two or three matches and then he was gone. And we haven't heard from him. If he is going to All Elite, I will, I have. there's no way else that I can say this. I will be scared for his well-being. Oh, did you see what happened to Dash Wilder actually on that? Oh, we'll get to that. What's a cash wheel off? Who gives a fuck? He hurt his weenus, guys. It's one of the revival. The revival.
0: You guys vamp for a bit.
2: That was... That's on you, not me. Yes. Are you still there, DJ? (laughs) That would be a no. Yes. (laughs) Okay, negative. He's not there. Wonderful. I wonder if Craig still keeps recording, though. He fucking better be. Anyway, I want to keep bitching because of the second name. And so oh, I'll, okay. I'll stick on the I'll stick on the first name for for a bit, specifically because um, obviously I'll be scared for his well being. Pretty pretty specifically because he's had a history of huge head and neck injuries, history upon history of concussions. He needs to take it easy. And if he's not going into a producer role or an agent role, and he's actually going to be wanting to wrestling. And go to New Japan and do shit in New in New Japan. I will be scared for his health. Period, and I, I can't sugarcoat that. But if I'm going to talk about punk ten years ago, and I have to stress, ten years ago is when the pipe bomb was from the from what we actually just witnessed of the in because well, as I was like, say, what we what we just witnessed. DJ and I were basking in nostalgia and watching SummerSlam two thousand one. 10 years preceding the pipe bomb was the invasion. So from the invasion to the pipe bomb is the pipe bomb to now. That's the same length of time. You have to think, you have to think about this is CM Punk has not been relevant in professional wrestling for seven and a half years. I don't know if you asked the crowd, you went shut the fuck up. I pretty much exactly, exactly that. He hasn't, been rest- he hasn't been relevant for seven and a half years. There was someone else who wasn't relevant for seven years in the world of professional wrestling. The Rock. From 2004 to 2011. It was actually not as long as Punk. It was like six years, ten months. I, I hold a disagreement to that, right? Okay. Now, it's not so much
1: about relevancy. It's, well, the difference is, I get it. I understand. And I can side with Punk to a point. CM Punk went off, he was pissed, he was upset, get all of that. And I agree with him. After venting his frustrations, getting it out, everything and all that, cool, calm, collected, he has voiced his frustration. That was it. Yep. He disappeared off in the sunset. Now, he didn't disappear into the sunset until the UFC incident happened. So I want to say it's like 2016 region, somewhere around
2: there. Yep. After that, he stopped being relevant. Comparing yep. to The Rock, who left to go to Hollywood, boo, fuck Rocky. Made a billion
1: dollars. Made billions of dollars, yes. Uh, but then it was still 04. Everyone still and Russell loved him because he did the Russ May stuff with Foley against Randy Orton. Yeah. And then you had Russ May goes Hollywood, never wanted Rocky. And then you had, after that, uh, like various random appearances. And every time people talk about how great The Rock is and all this and that, and oh my god, he's so great. And it's like, it's not quite the level of where WWE didn't want to acknowledge him, oose, but it is to a point of where it was like, I get it, CM Punk was pissed. It's not quite the level of Bret Hart, but it is on that level, so they don't really want to do anything if they don't have to, but they will still acknowledge him if it needs to. Um, But then the other side was then The Rock was... Well, it was a mutual parting. And even though everyone goes, oh, there's the pipe bomb and money in the bank and Beast versus the best at SummerSlam 2013 and the streak match and all that. The other side was The Rock where it was Rock and Austin. Anyone and everyone, even though he hadn't been relevant in, what, did you said six years? Yep. Even though he hadn't been relevant in six years, The Rock was still the third biggest star or arguably fourth with Cena and Hogan somewhere in there. But he was still in the top five biggest stars in the history of the industry. It didn't matter how long he'd been out for. Hulk Hogan hasn't wrestled a match since 2005. Don't count TNA, it doesn't count. He has been on screen, but he hasn't actually been a wrestler for God knows how long. Stone Cold hasn't had a match since 2003. He he comes around for special appearances or maybe a resume every now and then. And people still gush and talk about him and everything. Stone Cold posts his own show on, I want to say AE or Discovery or something like that, which is like a podcast. Last I saw it, it's like they go around and do some, uh, something on like sports bikes or whatever. I don't know. I I can't watch it. I don't see it. It It's like he has his own show that's not relevant to wrestling and he still gets referenced in comedy series and dramas and referenced in different interviews. He's the biggest star of all time. I love punk. I really actually do like CM Punk, but he is not on that level. He was on his way to that level. And then he quit. And again, yeah. I understand and I agree with CM Punk. He had every single right to quit. I fully support that decision. But he is not the level of the rock or stone cold when they left.
2: That is where I agree. And this is actually where my is actually the point that I was going to going to. Get to, which is almost exactly what you said. So now I've got to come up with a different point. Make this all sound. You're logical. welcome. Thank, thank you. The thing is, is as as I say, it's been eighteen years since Austin had a match. It's obviously in the last fucking seventeen years, the Rock has had what seven matches, and one of them was at WrestleMania. It went six seconds. Like, oh yeah, against Eric Rowan. Yeah, but see, CM Punk in the last seven years has done a couple of really bad C-level bud- C budget
1: movies. He appeared on WWE Backstage and then got into an argument with The Miz
2: over Miz making a light joke at him. Yep. And then, uh, obviously, you've already mentioned UFC. And in the last two years, he's done nothing. Like, I can understand him and his marriage to a to AJ Lee. Look. I'm not saying, okay, why have you not become a father yet? Or like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not even gonna gloss over that. Because he's very happily married. He made millions upon millions of dollars a decade ago and is still living very well off right now. He's he's living his life. If he wants to return to all elite, okay. Thumb halfway up, like, like go for it. But and this is the Overarching rainbow neon sign, but that hangs over my head. I don't care anymore. If he had returned at SummerSlam 2015, if he had returned then, like it's it's like okay, I'm just I'm leaving. I'm having some I'm having some time off. Gets his time off, doesn't get his release papers or what or freaking whatever else, and comes back at that point. I think I would have cared more. But it's you have you have a thing
1: there, right? Because you got Mania... He left at the Rumble 2014. He yeah. quit. Now, there was a chance for him to come back at Mania 30 and help Daniel Bryan. That would have been a great, sweet WrestleMania moment, heartfelt, everything. He didn't do that. because So he quit. He hasn't come back. Your next option would have been, probably, Rumble 2015. Lesnar Punk 2. Lesnar's on his rampage. He's going off to go face Roman. He didn't return. We got Seth instead, which was great. Seth and Cena. Then... Your next next chance probably would have been after Seth won it. He did fight Cena because they didn't really have anyone else, but you probably could have said SummerSlam 2015. Punk and Seth. It made sense because of the Shield and everything. We didn't do that. That's okay. We then came to WrestleMania 32, and everyone's injured. Cena's out. Randy's out. Seth is out. Like, everyone's gone. You had a perfect chance for him to enter the Royal Rumble at number 30, come in, win the title, shake hands with Trips, oh my god, CM Punk is with uh, the authority, what the hell? Roman Reigns beats CM Punk, he can retire off from the happiness and the uh, whatever, he got his WrestleMania main event. He didn't do that, Triple H won it. After that, it just kind of disappears because then we reach the WrestleMania 33 and it's like, guys, People, everyone from that era is moving on with their lives. Like Undertaker faced Roman and he really wound down, and Cena had really wound down, and Punk and Brian had been replaced with AJ Styles and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Puck and all these other guys from NXT were coming up. It was like by the time 2016, 2017 rolled around, even when Jinder, Jinder fucking Mahal won the title, it was
2: way too late. The world had passed CM Punk by. Yes, this is where I don't care. This is exactly you. Who's it now on the head? This is exactly why I don't care. Is every as along with the point of every single fucking time the crowd chants CM Punk? It's because a they're bored or b they're trying to vent their displeasure at something. It's yeah. basically the CM Punk chant has almost replaced the "We want refunds" or "This is bullshit." chance Uh, i I i'll tell you before
1: covid i couldn't tell you the last time i heard a cm punk chant
2: i legitimately couldn't
1: tell you maybe brains versus joe in 2018
2: but i don't even know if they did it then yeah it's just it's something that is now just completely blanked out on my of my mind as soon as the crowd starts chanting cm punk that's it they've completely lost me the crowd has the crowd, lost... And
1: this is the thing.
2: The crowd, the
1: crowd themselves moved on from CM Punk. They accepted, yes, yeah, CM Punk was a great dude. It's clear he's not coming back. Let's move on with our lives. You know what they started chanting? As much as I hate them, they started chanting the Elite, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, New Japan. They moved on with their lives. Yep. And now he's coming back and everyone wants to go back to 2011.
0: Real talk... Oh, but I'm back, by the way. Real talk... Punk's not going to come back and be the same worker he was back in his time. Oh,
2: hands down. Hands down, agree. Uh, uh, um, Sorry, you you actually just touched the nail. You said the magical word work. There's actually another thing there that that if Punk and Brian come in, you know who I feel sorry for in the entire overarching landscape? Hangman Page. Oh, I was going to wait to get to that. Okay, well, now we can bitch about it, because I've just brought it up.
1: <laughs> because... Okay, hold on. Before we get started, I want DJ's opinion on
2: this. I'm just going to do this
1: in general. Okay. I have a picture for you, DJ. Oh, God. Regardless of your opinion of them. Is it our Why don't did I put it? I think it's here, under this folder. I uh, nope. Apparently, I don't have it saved. Hold on. I know where I did save it, though.
0: It's in the spank bank, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, save image. I don't know if that actually saved. There we go. Look, as much as we have our opinions on things that All Elite does, this was the visual on the opening of Dynamite this week. That looks like a world beater. Hangman Page in the middle with the rest of the Dark Order all supporting him. That looks like he is ready to go and ascend to that
0: title. He is. This is. Because as unfortunate as it sounds, he came into All Elite as part of The Elite. He was a backseat to The Elite. Yes. Because all that mattered was Kenny in the box. Cody's there too.
1: (laughs) But yeah, this is what I bring up though, because they waited and I've seen many people can make complaints about Hangman Page's story, but taking all the complaints aside, Hangman Page was magically over in 2019. He lost to Jericho, and he got over. Everyone just loved Hangman Page. Instead of capitalizing on that and giving him the TNT title, which we couldn't do that because Cody needed that, we put him in the tag division with Kenny. Whatever. That's fine. Do what you want. They went and had their run. They lost the title to The Revival, is who they lost it to. Or FTR now. And then they split. They went into their tournament. They got to the finals. And Kenny beat Hangman. Kenny went on and won the title. Good. Thumbs up. Hangman then did nothing. He had this weird feud with Matt Hardy. He did some segments with the Dark Order. He had this feud with Brian Cage and Team Taz. And then eventually he came around and he, got, he won. And I made a complaint when we did the Double or Nothing podcast. And it was he was winning and winning and winning, win, 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 win. And he became the number one ranked dude. And then for some reason, it was Orange Cassidy all of a sudden the number one ranked dude. It's Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy. Don't know where that came from. But Kenny beat them. Putting Hangman at number one. He'd spent all this time building all this momentum from this failure back in 2019 at, guess what event's up next? All Out 2019 versus All Out 2021, which is the next pay-per-view You had everything set up perfectly. Hangman Page will win the title. It's been the two-year journey. We're finally going to do it. And on his number one contenders match this week, he lost. Why?
0: Okay, who did he lose to? Because I did not watch that.
1: Kenny Omega pinned him again. So they did a Survivor Series match. Five and five elimination. If uh, Hangman and the Dark Order won... They would all get title shots. And they lost. And I sit here and I go, why? Why did Kenny lose? I don't care about the Dark Order losing. Why did Hangman lose to Kenny? Why did you do that? Because now, you either go back on what you just did, and he goes and becomes number one contender anyway in... five-ish weeks at the pay-per-view? Something like that. Or, while CM Punk's allegedly facing Darby Allin as per this past week, which leaves... Daniel Bryan. And you will literally submit uh cement yourselves as PNA 2.0. Now and I
0: wanna I wanna double a- back quickly because I feel like because I bailed out, I missed a bit of a conversation there that I actually have something to say. Go ahead. Brian and Punk in AEW. Do I think Bryan going to AEW is the right thing for him to do? This
1: is part of what uh Chris ranted about, but yes.
0: No, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Why? Because they will let him do things that he wants to do. I mean, through and through what he does, he's a wrestler and he wants to keep doing what he, he wants, wants
1: to do. do stupid indie bullshit. But
0: it's he now the has the body. Thing,
1: I was just going to say it's the same thing that Moxley fell for. It's he wants to do his deathmatch shit. And then he got it out of his system. He had his fun with Kenny Omega and Lance Archer and whatever. He did a few matches in Japan, did the G1, all that stuff. What has Moxley done since losing the All Elite
0: title? I mean, he lost the uh, New Japan US title.
1: Yeah. Uh, What did he do before that? Sparklers. No, well, yes, he did do that. No, he lost the title to Kenny. Then we did the Sparklers.
0: Yeah, a baby. Then we
1: did the tag match against the Bucks, and then he lost the US title. This is seven, about to be eight months into this goddamn year, and I can tell you three things he's done. He doesn't want to be there anymore. That's how it feels like. He doesn't want to be there anymore. And Brian is going to fall into the same thing. He wants to go in. He wants to do his stupid shit he wants to do. And at the end of it, he's going to sit there and go, "Oh, now what do I do? Yeah,
2: I I reckon he will want to, as you say, do his indie match, indie match bullshit, which look, let's be honest. If Daniel Bryan goes to New Japan, I will watch New Japan. Not much of it, but I will watch it. Same Why with I ice? still follow New Japan. Like, I have no problem yeah. with New Japan. My problem is I don't trust all these injury, uh, history. There yeah, there it is. What are we up to? 30, 000 and 64? Off the top of My head. We had Matt Hardy nearly
1: dying. Alex Reynolds nearly dying. Who ironically is in the Dark Order. Uh, We've also had this past week. Dash Wilder had a severe gash on his arm. We had Britt Baker break her wrist the other week. We had someone else got severely injured. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they got like a torn hamstring or something. And it was like, guys, it's injury after injury after injury. And you're going to have someone in who, like, you can label Dolph Ziggler. You can label Ryback or whatever. You can label these guys injury prone. Well, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan is injury-prone because he wants to wrestle this style in the main event and his body won't let him anymore. And you guys are going to let him
0: do that. And that's just it. They will. Because at the end of the day, they know for Daniel Bryan to draw, he needs to do what he wants to do. Because if he was working a safer, you know, less, you know, I guess a softer work rate, he wouldn't be happy. No. And all his indie fans... Would be like, well, what is this watered down fucking fed bullshit?
1: They, they want to watch Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan beat the shit out of each other for an hour straight. That's what they want. And all it's gonna take is one misplaced V trigger, one accidental neck bump, and it's over. We saw what happened to Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. That I mean was one accident. Things happen. And let's you guys not continue.
0: Um, Sammy uh, Guevara also was in on the injured list at one point.
1: Yeah, uh, hang on. I've actually got the list in front of me if you want. Darby Allen was also on that injured list, and he still does a stupid shit. Yeah,
0: so Ding almost was, had his leg kicked out of his leg by Orange Cassidy recently.
2: This was updated on July 12, so take this with a grain of salt because it's obviously nearly three weeks old. But Brandy Rhodes, pregnant. Anna J, uh, injured her shoulder in early January. She'll be back be- between one her and her two. her injury
1: and in training, so I was like, that's yep. things happen fine.
2: Ah, uh, John Silver shoulder injury. He was, I think, he was cleared as of the end of June. He Dar- was a part of the tag match this this week. Yeah, Darius Martin, uh, ACL surgery on April twenty second. Yes. Ricky-
1: he is currently out because his
2: partner Dante Martin is on dark and solo match. Yeah. Um, it, Ricky Starks had a slight, a slightly quotation marks fractured neck. Apparently, um, he
1: is back, but he's only had one match so far.
2: Ah, uh, Kip Sabian uh, had surgery for something. Yeah, Austin, I don't know where Kip's gone. He's
1: been gone since Rusev took him out. Also, oh, Miro took him out.
2: Austin Gunn was sidelined for ten weeks after a match with Anthony Agogo in I May. I he was even employed. Ray Phoenix got a groin injury in April. Chris Ray Je- Phoenix has just come back last week. Yep. Uh, Jericho has had several injuries, and all of them have been minor. Joey Janela yeah, got a concussion into that. in May. Uh, Butcher has had an injury and hasn't wrestled since April. It's been yes, basically. Wade is now
1: doing solo matches.
2: Yeah. Um. Rebel dislocated her kneecap on June 30, which is why she's been walking around in crutches. Yep. Luch Luchasaurus has had got an injury in April and hasn't wrestled due to it. Just joking. I think he was on this week. I know it was Jungle Boy uh, Christian and someone. I don't it know. It was Lucha. It was it was it was Lucha, but I think that's been his first match since April. Yeah. Uh, Trent had neck surgery in June, and Britt He's Baker, out. Britt Baker fractured her wrist again. Yeah, as the champ now. Yeah. To put this in perspective as well, uh, if I'm going to compare that, I will compare this to NXT. Uh, Kona Rees had labrum surgery in March 2020. Has been cleared to wrestle, but obviously because of COVID, oh, has not returned yet. Simone Johnson had knee surgery September 14th. I haven't seen her. Uh Daddy Birch, separated shoulder on March 17th. He is still out. Uh, Pete Dunn's doing solo stuff. Wild Boar, Tory's ACL. Couldn't tell you who that is off the top of my head. Uh, and Suave Gujar. Apparently he's apparently he's gone back to India for family for family reasons. And so I don't know who that is. There was also Ridge Holland, who had his broken ankle, but
1: he also just returned this week. And Samoa Joe who has also just been cleared to return this week and is now back on the active competitor list, he'll be facing Karrion Cross at
2: NXT TakeOver. Yeah, which is fucking great. But yeah, just- I'll be shocked if Joe doesn't win. I'll just say that. But even then, if you're going to have... I obviously feel what there was a there's a picture floating around. I can't really re- remember it off the top of my head. But you've got... It's like, you know the picture of the, the swimming instructor with the baby or the, the parent with the baby and in the foreground, it's got another child like uh, like struggling to get up in the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like, you know, it's like all, uh, the Usually mother they have
1: the joke oh, so they have the joke where it's like guy in the wheelchair, like skeleton
2: in the wheelchair under the water. Yeah. So there's like, you know, um uh, there's the mother playing with the playing with the child. The child says Brian uh Brian Dennison and CM Punk just floating off to the side is Malachi Black, guy in the wheelchair under the water is Andrade underneath that it's got like you know coffins and stuff un- un- underneath that so it says big show christian keeps going core a core of the earth just it keeps going down and down and down and down and down it's just yeah but it's goodness. always
1: the new hot act and they made this back in september because they signed uh they signed someone mark and then henry? they signed big show and then oh we got this hall of fame signing and it was christian and then they signed mark henry and then they signed andrade And then they signed Alistair Black, and it's like, guys, calm down. Stop signing so many people. And I saw someone make this great comment, and I can't unsee it now, where it was, see, the reason they're hiring so many people is because they've got so many injuries they need to keep the roster covered. Oh,
0: that's not wrong. And also having to remember, this injury list of AEW, unless these people are taking indie bookings on the side, which I know some do, but not all of them... They work at max like once, twice a week.
1: Yeah. Hell. We what? So, we put ourselves through the great thought of watching an All League Dark, which surprisingly was only 40 minutes, but.
0: Well, it's full it of was... a bunch of two minute matches.
1: Uh, yeah, no. no, no. That's Probably. Dark Elevation now. Ooh. Dark was fine. There was nothing special about it, but it was fine. Now, Dark Elevation, however, let me just open this up for you. This. This was it here. They had 13 matches on Elevation. Then they went and had, ah, uh, there's Dark there. Another five matches on Dark. And then they had Dynamite, which was last week, another six matches. That was what, 21 matches on one day. And you people wanna sit there and go, oh, well, uh, WrestleMania has too many matches. Oh, they have sixteen matches in one day. All Elite had twenty-one matches for three different
0: shows. And I can guarantee you, there is probably like a whole three people in this world that knew every single competitor on that day. Yeah, because they have such a rotating door.
2: It's exactly. A- oh, I am sorry. Speaking of rotating door, did you know? That the Varsity Blondes have only just been signed to contracts.
0: Yes, I did see that, actually. Honestly, I thought they were signed already. That
1: was
2: my reaction. Yep, that was my reaction as well. Just, where, where the hell are you? Griff Garrison, 2021 overall record, 19 and 8. Brian Pillman Jr., overall record 2021, 19 and 8. Their tag team record is 16-4. and four. They are the number one contenders for the tag titles. And they've only just been signed officially to contracts.
0: Yeah, but you see, the problem here is they blew a lot of big money on all those early signings on contracts. So now they're bringing people in and paying them per appearance oh, to save some yeah. money.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like what other people would possibly do.
0: Yeah, that, that there are people out there that would uh, book a show like that, so I have yeah. heard.
2: Amazing enough, that's not us.
1: <laughs> well, I bring it up like this as well. So this week, this week, Dynamite had a Survivor Series tag match. It went 25 minutes. Now, the Revival in LAX, that went 11 minutes. It ended abruptly because of an injury. Archer defended the US title. That went seven minutes. Christian's six-man tag went five minutes. Thunder Rose's jobber match went four minutes. And Jericho and Nick Gage went 13 minutes. That was six minutes, uh, sorry, six matches across a two-hour show. That's before I get to Dark Elevation, which had another six matches, and then a dark taping after that, which had another 11
2: matches. How the hell can anyone sit through all of that? Ah, Meth. No, it's, no, I, I, I'm honestly going to say, and I, like, there are a lot of people who hate watch WWE. They get they, they get through the trudging three hours of Raw and the trudging hour two hours of NXT and the trudging two hours of freaking SmackDown and then they turn around and they watch the eighteen hours of Dark Elevation and the seventy two minutes of freaking whatever like it's, it's obviously it's everything uh, freaking whatever else it's there are people who will watch all Elite and being the elite and. Uh, so, so all, all of Dynamite, all of Dark and Dark Elevation, and being the elite, they will watch everything because they don't like WWE. There are people out there. And if you are out there, more power to you. I personally don't give a fuck. But if that is your reason of why you're watching a TV show, I personally didn't watch Friends because I. No, sorry, I can't, that's a really bad analogy. I. It's just say Rick and Morty. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, it's, I, I, uh, yeah, it's, I was like, fucking Christ, I lost my own train of thought, because you, because you said that, because I remember a couple of, couple of freaking jokes, but yeah, it's, I, if I hate Rick and Morty, I don't turn around and watch Amphibia. Uh, I, I, if I hate, um, I'm trying to think of another cartoon here that's kind of popular at this, at this rate, but freaking yeah, losing on me, yeah. It. If I, if I hate Powerpuff Girls, I'm not going to turn around and watch Star versus the Forces of Evil. It's like, I'm going to give
1: you one easy on. Okay. If I hate The Simpsons, I'm not going to go sit there and watch Family Guy, yep. even though I don't like Family Guy. I'm not going to sit there and watch it just to be like, yeah,
2: fuck The Simpsons. No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to watch it either because I don't care. Yep. There, there, it's like, and that's the thing is for, for me is I deliberately went out of my way to watch the debuting episode of Malachi Black, which I think was three weeks ago. I went out of my way to watch it. It's the first Dynamite that I have actually sat through from start to finish since January 1st, 2020. It was the first Dynamite I'd watched from start to finish. How many times, Dan, did you and I almost look at each other and say, we need to turn this off? Too many. I will just tell you that. And I was going to
1: actually make this exact comment All Elite has a fascinating trend. They will start white hot. Every show will start white hot. They'll have an Alistair Black debut. They'll have a Survivor Series 10-man tag. They'll have Hangman and Brian Cage go out there. They'll have this white hot perfect opener. Results can vary, but they'll have something fantastic. And then after that, it just slowly goes downhill from there. And by the time you reach the main event, it's some stupid
2: indie match garbage bullshit, usually involving the Bucks or Chris Jericho. Yep, yep. And it's so... I don't want to say run of, it's almost run-of-the-mill now, but it's become like WWE, where you can predict everything. I
1: saw he- a comment the other day, actually, uh, and they said, like, it was off the t- this 10-man tag. And like, oh, my God. Like, everyone was freaking out. Wow, everyone says, oh, at least he's so predictable. And Kenny won. Oh, I don't know what's happening next. I was watching this match. I was watching the finish, and I was commentating it to Chris. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, he's gone for the buckshot lariat. Okay, he's missed. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Kenny Omega grabs the title. And I instantly turned to him, uh, turned around and said, Kenny Omega won. You know what happened? He missed the title shot because the ref took it off him. Hangman went for the uh, buckshot lariat, but Nick Jackson got involved. The ref told Nick Jackson to fuck off. And Hangman came in for it, and Kenny got another title, hit him with the title. It was a two count. So Kenny got him up and hit him with one-winged angel, and he won. I predicted the finish two minutes before it happened, because that's how predictable this is. It's not a good look, and it was my same complaint with Roman and Edge. You can tell the exact
2: point when the finish is coming. And I hate that we can do that. I hate that we both can do that. We can pick. It's a if we ever do like a live broadcast of the rumble, we'll even do that. It's the oh, live God. broadcast of the freaking of the freaking rumble of where we can pick almost to the exact point of exactly when every single person is coming out in the rumble. Absolutely.
1: Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the one so from last year's survivor series. They were doing the raw and SmackDown stuff. And I, yep. I never forget this cause I found it so funny, but so we're watching there, we're sitting there, we're watching, and blah, 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 and Sasha Banks and Oscar are going back and forth and back and forth. And Chris gets up to go grab his phone, and he goes to just quickly grab it, and I just go, there's the finish. And he goes, what? And he turns around, Sasha Banks gets three count. And it's like, how the fuck did you predict that? And I just turned around and went, because if I was Sasha Banks, that's the exact same finish
2: I would have done. That is exactly where that match should have ended. Yep. And the thing is, is I don't question it. In the, uh, I've just, it's not that I've stopped questioning, because obviously we, we've, we already... Book our own fucking shows and shit, but it's 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 literally the case of that is the finish. If you can see the finish from a country fucking mile away, it doesn't matter what the finish is. There have been several matches, and it's uh, I say several, it's more than like a handful, probably counting on two hands, of matches this year are where of where we've gone. Wait, that was the finish? Holy crap! That was awesome. Or yeah, crap, Nikki Ash shit. is a good example of that. Yep, just exactly that. The women's Money in the Bank. For some reason, my mind went to Raw. Hell, oh, hell, I did it. I did the exact
1: same thing on our last recording, and we were recovering Money in the Bank. And I said I couldn't tell you who's winning, but I guarantee you, Seth Rollins will be the last man knocked off that ladder because he has to be. And what happened?
2: Pre, uh, I didn't <laughs> happen. It. Totally didn't happen. No one go back and listen to the other, uh, to, last, to the last podcast.
0: In yeah, fact, you didn't you, call that.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. In fact, no, everyone go back and listen to the last podcast where I firmly call that Tamina would be the eighth person. Pretty sure you did, actually. I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Fuck
0: off. No, like we,
1: we called it. It would either be someone big like Becky or someone irrelevant
2: like Tamina.
0: Oh, you act like I don't have the original files and I can make well, it sound like you did. <laughs>
2: Feel free to go through it. That's okay. Uh, can we have um editor? Can we have a splice? We need a splice right here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. know, so, it's
1: like <laughs> with this, with this hangman thing, and I'm going to bring this to two different companies right now. Perfect example. Cause I was very angry about this, this past week. So what was the predictable thing to do for this 10 man tag? Hangman oh. goes for the buckshot. Kenny takes him out. Kenny goes for the One-Wing Angel, and Hangman victory rolls his way through, and he pins Kenny Omega. Perfect! Hangman's the number one contender. That's all that needed to be, because then you have it set up that Hangman can beat Kenny, but he didn't hit the One-Wing Angel, so what would happen if he hit it? There's your hook for your match. And to pretty much bring this on to the other side, let's look at WWE, and what's happening with Karrion Cross. Because I've been very uh, upset about this.
2: Uh, god, the internet is just so
1: Carrion ah. Cross debuted and he lost to Jeff Hardy. Now Jeff Hardy tricked him up, he stacked him up, and he put his feet on the ropes. A legal pinning maneuver, and he pinned Carrion Cross. And what did everyone do? They whinged and they bitched and they cried <laughs> that Carrion Cross lost. Yep. Now, I turned to Chris and I said, this is fine. I don't like that he lost, but you know why this makes sense? Because there's an easy way you book this. He lost to Jeff, so he can lose again. He'll lose again, and he'll lose again, and you'll get to SummerSlam, and he'll beat the piss out of Jeff Hardy, and he'll beat him in 60 seconds. That's exactly how you book this. So what happened the next week? Oh, because of the outrage that Karrion Cross lost, he beat Keith Lee. And then it came out today! Yeah, the plan was meant to be the Cross would lose a couple times, Scarlet would come up from NXT debut, and help Cross, and he'd start going on murder sprees! Exactly as it should have been. Yep. Sometimes you just stick to your guns. Just yep. because it's predictable does not mean it's
2: bad. Yep. Because I'm just going to say, is what was one of the most predictable endings of. Eight of the UFC, what was one of the most the predictable endings? Brock Lesnar beating the ever-loving piss out of Frank Mia. What did Brock Lesnar do?
0: I was going to say Punk tapping in under two minutes. That was the most predictable thing in UFC. Oh,
2: yeah, that was very predictable. In fact, we
1: actually covered that when we were bitching about CM Punk before oh, all <laughs> just quickly
0: on CM Punk. I don't see him wrestling. I don't think he'll be in AEW to wrestle. He'll be a backstage dude. He'll be a personality. He won't wrestle. Why?
2: Oh, he'll be the commentator.
0: When he'll was he... the last time that man probably even stepped into a wrestling ring? Probably on his way out from the WWE.
1: It's on now, his wedding day. Hold on. Game. I actually disagree with this. I think he will. Temporarily, though. Because I think he will face... They they set up a feud with Darby Allen already for some reason. He'll face Darby and he'll win. And then he'll face Kenny Omega Ugh. and
0: he'll
1: lose. And he'll have to admit that Kenny Omega is the best in the world. And then he'll go to backstage role.
2: Or commentary. I, I'm calling commentary. He will take over from either Excalibur or JR. Hopefully Excalibur, but it'll probably be JR.
0: Hey, Tony, can I wear your blazer? Oh, f- I guarantee you that's not will happen funny. because- <laughs> I was going to say, I
1: guarantee this will happen, because that's what happened with the revival. Yep. You all remember that? We had, saw this tweet come up Yes, uh, yesterday or two days ago. I saw this tweet pop up in one of the uh, joke subreddits that I follow. Like, hey, remember this tweet where Cash Wheeler said that they're going to fight the Young Bucks? It'll be the most influential tag team match of all time, and everyone will remember it. It's nearly been a year since that. How many people care? How many people remember that match? Not a- You know what I remember? I remember they went out. For some reason, one of them pulled out a 450 splash, despite having a gimmick of no flips, just fists, as in they won't do flippy shit, they'll just beat the fuck out of you. And then they lost to the Bucks, because the Bucks had to put this stupid stipulation that if they lost, they would disband. You gave away the result, and then the Bucks won and they
2: took the tag titles. And where did that take the revival? No all way. the way to All Elite Dark. Just like everyone And that's what's going
1: to happen to CM Punk. That's what will probably happen to Daniel Bryan. Because the elite are so thin-skinned. They can't handle people criticizing them. They've got to have people come in and put them over. Don't get me wrong. I actually like Kenny Omega. But dude, chill the fuck out. Not everyone's going to think you're the best in the world. Anyone else remember when JR turned around and said he thinks Randy Orton's the best wrestler in the world right now? And everyone had to have a fucking meltdown because he didn't say Kenny Omega?
2: Yeah, I definitely remember that. And I remember the death threats he got when uh, he decided to accidentally have the Freudian sleep and calling it WWE Dynamite.
1: Oh, I personally think Charlotte is the best wrestler regardless of gender on the planet. But I can't. if I was working for Elite, I can't say that. That's the problem with the Elite. They need everyone to recognize that they're so good.
2: Yep, that's exactly it.
1: When Kenny was in New Japan, I've never... Okay, actually, hold on. Before I say I never liked the bugs, that's a lie. I did like the Young Bucks. One specific time. 2010 TNA? When they were in TNA and they were called Generation Me, and I thought they were the coolest dudes around at that time. And then they became the young bucks and all in jokes and meta jokes and it became fucking bullshit.
0: Yeah, they became a uh, parody of, of tag the, teams yeah. from day that you, days gone. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we're oh. like the NWO. We're like uh, fucking DX. I, I that, yeah. that
1: ruined all of it. Now, I will admit, I did buy into the hype train. I thought I didn't think Kenny Omega was the best in the world, but I was like, man, this Kenny Omega, he's the fucking man. He is so good. And as time's gone on, hell, I'll even admit that I thought Moxley and Kenny had the potential to be the rivalry of all elite. You know what they did?
2: A stupid fucking death match. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100% yep. I remember talking about how good it was. I I didn't
1: like the Bucks, and Cody was a bit here and there. But it was this promo and this segment that they had between Kenny Omega and Jon Moxley. And they had Kenny going off on this interview. You know... Ripping into Moxley about his G1 run and getting hurt and doing all this shit, and Moxley trying to be like Kenny. And it was fantastic. It is probably Kenny's best work outside of Okada. And then they had a death match. The best in-ring wrestler had a death match. Way to kill the feud straight away.
2: Considering it was also their, their like it was their first match. Oh, it's actually even better than that. It was an unsanctioned match. I don't which care meant- that it was unsanctioned. It was a death match. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah there was, it, obviously it was a fucking death match because it's fucking Moxley. But it's like you, you have the potential to have two different basically classes of styles. Amazingly enough, the, what uh, of the match uh, DJ and I watched before doing the freaking podcast, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kurt Angle. Two different contrasting styles of which one is better than the other moxley as the all-out fucking fist brawler and any omega as the technician essentially yep and it's just just, what the fuck they went out and they did that moxley crawled through broken fucking glass like a fucking moron what annoyed me right i'm I'm getting angry thinking about this match again god damn it (laughs) And what annoyed me about this, right, is I watched other bits of All Elite.
1: As much as I hated that, and that instantly turned me off the product, you know what got me to to not give up on it? Brady Lee. Hangman Page. Even to a point, Cody Rhodes. Because it was like, I can hate the Bucks, and I can hate this stupid deathmatch bullshit. But you know what? The rest of the show is actually not that bad. I could sit there and I could watch it. And then just every single thing they did, they had to throw a shot at WWE. We don't have a performance center. Oh no! What was the legendary line that the Bucks used? If it wasn't for us, you'd be curtain jerking for the performance center. Yeah, Bucks. The curtain jerking for the performance center was WrestleMania.
2: That's not the insult you think it is. Yeah, so the, the, obviously, with the Bucks, they say imitation is the most sincere form of uh, flattery. It's like there's there is a difference to the Bucks between. Um, imitation and copyright infringement. The Bucks are imitating every tag team. You, they, they, they are trying to be the Rockers, the Shield, uh, DX, Too Hardys. Cool, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys. Um, uh, trying to think of more tag te- more really popular tag teams, but they're trying to be all of these tag teams. At the same time. And all of the neckbeards are just gobbling it up. Just basically letting the Bucks do a freaking bukake fest on their goddamn faces. Like, yeah, you take, you take all this in. No. I,
1: I will n- mention as well, as much as, as annoyed as I was with that whole thing with the death match, you know what was funny was, as I said, Hangman kept me on. And this whole Hangman Kenny Omega tag that I complained about before was okay. Cause I'd still deal with it. You want to know the exact point that Kenny died for me? Wasn't even turning
2: heel. Was it, it when was... he just... Dis- I was, yeah? was, was going to say, was it when he turned around and, try- and did, like, the scurry away on his ass spot to Marco stunt? Surprisingly, no, although that is stupid.
1: No, because what turned me on him is the only other person in the entire industry who has go away heat with me. There are only three people in the entire wrestling industry industry that has that i don't like nick gage but i'll sit there and i'd watch it i'll fucking hate it but i'll watch it because i've watched death matches before i may not like what jericho's doing thinking he's tarnishing his legacy but i'll sit there and i'll watch it i may not like what new japan's doing with shingo takagi and will osprey but i'll sit there and i'll watch it you know the only three people that get me to actually stand up turn off the tv and walk away nick jackson matt jackson and Don Callis. Right. When Kenny teamed with Don Callis, it was over and I was done.
2: Actually, yeah. I Don Callis it on...
1: was the reason I stopped watching New Japan until he left. Don Callis was the reason I stopped watching Impact. Now here he is in All
2: Elite. I can't fucking stand him. Yeah. The, the, believe it or not, that's actually the, the amazing point of where it's instantly... There is the difference, it was actually, it's, it's the one I bring up as well. Oh, we'll get on to another topic, because Jesus Christ, we've been bitching about this for too long. The um the difference between the world champions, and I brought it up when it happened at the time. Uh. Could you imagine if Roman Reigns had turned to Jey Uso and said, hey j 69 me. Quote Kenny Omega to Don Callis. The week after the Sparkler match, because Eddie Kingston obviously had to sell that bullshit.
1: It's stupid, and oh, I don't know. Let's then, move on to another topic. I'm yeah, fucking done. I, yeah, we If we, if I want to rant on this, we'll do another fucking podcast because this is going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. All part
2: right. Two. That's uh, so, Sorry. Just one other thing. <laughs> uh, I know. One other thing, and I need to say this to all the people who who are going to be out there saying, "Oh, all you do is just hate on all Ollie." You're right. I do. However, no, I was going
1: to say, you know what's funny? No, I didn't, because I just sung their praises about half the shit they do. <laughs> no, and it's me. the main event
2: scene I hate. Me, specifically. There are well, that's actu- fair. Yeah, there are actually times of when I could sit down and go, that was fucking great. That was really good from All Elite. Just as an example, Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. That was a really good match.
1: Oh, Which... I'll even go. Uh, there was two good ones, both involving Hikaru Shida. Actually, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa after Matt Hardy nearly died, because that was fantastic, and it was upsetting that they didn't get the proper spotlight because of what happened prior. And then Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker. Even though I disagree with some of the kickouts they did, that was a fantastic match.
2: Really was. It was a, It was brilliant. And I can say I can turn around and go, yes, All Elite has some good wrestling. It's just some of their decisions, exactly as, as, exactly as Dan said, there's some of their decisions in the main event scene. That is the problem. And it's the problem with All Elite. The biggest problem with All Elite. And it's not even Cody anymore. There's you know, actually, this...
1: speaking, speaking of Cody, <laughs> Cody and Alistair Black is coming up this week. And oh. everyone's in doom and gloom that Cody's going to beat Aleister Black. I'm actually going to give them benefit of the doubt. I believe Malachi Black is actually going to win this match. I will give them the benefit of the doubt here. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll just see what happens. I'm not going to make I'll wait to be proven wrong in about a week. Yep. <laughs>
0: All right. Here's the, Next topic. Here's the, th- here's the <laughs> thing. Let's at least try to agree. What they're doing is they've got this middle pack field that they're treating as like, this is our mid card. They're not our main event. We don't trust them to be our main event. Our main event has to be the elite. Has to be Kenny, has to be the box. No oh, one can be better than the main thing. event.
1: Especially after the whole thing where... And I got annoyed at this when it happened. And I made comments about it every single time. And they took so long to get around to it. But it was the whole thing of... Guys... Everyone knows who you are. Stop trying to get your good boy points. And, oh, we won't go into the main event scene. We won't make it all about ourselves. Although, look where we are now. Guys, people know who the Bucks are. They know who Cody is. They know who Kenny Omega is. This is who they're paying to see. Get it out now while you'll have the eyes. Then shift focus. But no, you tried so hard to get those good boy points, and you didn't want to be like that. So we ended up with a year and a half of mediocrity, and now here we are, and no one fucking cares about your main event scene.
0: God. I think uh, AEW is one of those things where they could have come out swinging. It, you know, I think could have been something that was amazing for the industry in general. And they they botched the execution. They They botched the execution of this promotion worse than a Sin Cara match.
1: As I said, the debut of Moxley and the whole build before their stupid unsanctioned match with Kenny Omega, that was fantastic. That was the exact spark they needed to kick everything off, and they got WWE so panicked that they re-signed everyone to mega contracts. Mm-hmm. And then they did what they did, and now you see WWE doesn't care that they're willing to let Braun fucking Strowman go. You guys what? fucked up big time.
0: That's it. And uh, I think we'll stop talking about AEW now. No.
1: <laughs> let's, uh,
0: let's get more anger out of the way. Alright, I got my
1: I got my Rage of Hangman page and carrying cross out of the way, so I'm I think I'm gonna be cool now.
0: I don't know what sort of take this is, but I watched the uh, Nick Gage, Matt Cardona death match.
1: Okay. What? Okay. I, I, okay, I did not see the death match, but I did see the result of what happened to Zach Ryder. Oh, uh, sorry, Matt Cardona. Now, before we Nick get into Cardona. that, I will just say, as much as I hate deathmatch wrestling, holy fuck, Matt Cardona is great right now.
0: I think, personally, though I don't like the deathmatch style, that could have been some of his best in-ring work.
1: Yeah. I've seen a couple of things that he... Like, a couple promos he's been doing and some other things. Like, he's calling the GCW Universe, and he's really getting under their skin. He's going to, like, redesign the world title. And it's just like, dude, you know exactly what you're doing to get under people's skin. You know exactly how to be a hero well, in the industry. he
0: came in. Like, when he got there... The first time he showed up, he tickled the taint of all of those fans by coming out in a hood, moving around like Moxley, hitting the paradigm shift, and then removing the mask and showing off that, no, I'm actually not Moxley at all. <laughs> you all nodded to me.
1: That's great.
0: Like, clearly yeah, this is the scene. I will bring up,
1: though. I hate Matt Cardona in Impact. But Matt Cardona in basically anywhere else is actually really good right now.
0: He is a believable, serious heel.
1: Yes. Now, here's my thing. Would I say that translates well to NXT and WWE and makes him a main eventer? No. No. Do I think it could be the same level as Apollo Crews, where he's, you know, the IC US champ? Yeah, I think he could fit well back into that slot.
0: You know, and there's been a lot of discussion about the ending of that match. A lot of discussion about, you know whether or not the fans went a bit too over the top with it.
1: I was going to say, I haven't seen the actual ending, but I have seen what happened post-match with what the fans did. And I saw the post-match result to Zack Ryder and all his injuries.
0: But it's that thing of, yes, the indie fans, they're, you know, they're going to be shitty. They're going to be shitty. Do I think it, do I think from a fan's perspective, doing what they did was the right thing to do? Oh, wait.
1: Dude, the right thing to do was in like what the fans did, or the right thing to what do what fans? GCW did? I, okay. I think
0: I think that was the direction they needed to go in. Like, GCW needed to go in.
1: I think this is the most attention GCW's gotten in a while, for one. That's exactly it. Yep. Uh, but yes, I, I agree. Like, I'm all for my Ric Flair levels of hatred, where, you know, oh, back in the day, they tried to stab us and all that stuff, and, you know, they throw shit at us and all that. Like, that is a fantastic level of hatred. But that's also a product of its time. We and aren't in that era anymore. Anyway.
0: It leads to what happened at Dynamite, was it? Yeah, oh
1: where that guy that. Barricaded, uh, barricaded the Jericho MGF contract signing.
0: And legitimately, like, now this week at Dynamite, they have, like, before the show, they've gone and put up on their giant trons of, like, hey, here are our new guidelines for fans.
1: It's how we end up with that... T- Dumb shithead tackling Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame. Yep.
0: You know, it's like there has to be a line and there has to be a cut off. It's like, you know, hate hate the guy in the ring, hate the fact he won the title, hate the fact that he beat a death match fucking master in his own game. Here's, I mean, here's
1: my thing as well. Like, Australia's done this, but I don't know about anywhere, in the, anywhere else in the world. But we now have obviously our plastic cups when you go to sporting events. They don't allow glass out there anymore. If they had done the same thing with Beers full of plastic cups and, you know, uh, literal just food, like hot dogs or whatever. I don't think anyone would have cared. It's the fact that these were actual full cans of beer that were being pelted at poor Matt Cardona. Like that's a fucking line when you can actually legitimately hurt someone with what you're doing.
0: And no matter whether they no matter whether, you know, they have this bloody death match where he's all torn up or they have a two minute squash where he hardly takes a bump, it's still just not right. Yeah. I totally agree.
1: And I like, feel like this also comes back from ECW where they, you, you know, would throw chairs and shit in the ring. And it's like, guys, those are, those things are products of their time. We left those back there for a reason. We don't do that anymore. To bring that into 2021, that is where you get people looking at it like, wow, it's just a blood sport. It's a death sport. They, don't, they don't, don't care about safety. They don't want to see someone die. That's what guys, they Guys,
0: read the room. The pandemic's not over. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like,
1: speaking of that, pandemic's not over. This is exactly why we shouldn't be doing death matches to begin with. Mm. Yep, yeah, and all
2: it, it also. I'm just going to say as well. It, like all due all due respect to fucking um Jericho and the death match fucking scene. If you're into death match wrestling, uh, no, you know what? I'm not even going to say good on you. It's like what the fuck is wrong with you for one thing. But the the thing is, Nick Gage was just coming off a death match against against Matt Cardona and Zack Ryder and then turns around and has another death match with Chris Jericho and Jericho basically spends more than half the match on his back getting cut up with a pizza cutter and light tubes and glass and fucking whatever else especially when that glass shattered I'm sure some of it went into the crowd I would not be shocked I'm I as a referee I cannot fucking stand hardcore matches because as a I, I, I say I say this as someone who obviously we're, going, we're talking in kayfabe sense here as someone who is trying to uphold the rules of the match if there are no rules what the fuck am I doing in there? Are you there to count the three? If anyone can count the fucking three.
1: Crowd can yeah. fucking do it. I was like yeah it's how uh, Rob Van Dam won the title in 06. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fucking literally. Yeah. It's anyone can count the fucking anyone can count the fall. It doesn't have to be a referee. If there are no rules and anything goes, what is the referee in there for? Yeah. I, I, I just that this is me personally. This is why I don't like hard, hard, hardcore matches, especially when the last two hardcore matches I've done one, I got my handful. I got my handful of fucking thumbtacks for one thing. Yay. And yeah, and the second thing is the, one of the last hardcore matches I refereed um, ended up with um, one of our friends, Dan and I, uh, one of our old acquaintances, ended up breaking his collarbone on a simple German suplex. Ah. In, the, in the exact same match, Dan, I thought, broke his freaking neck. Yeah, I almost turned into Kurt Angle. <laughs>
0: Would you have gone and won a gold medal?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not that athletic.
0: No, I I probably would have not moved and gotten really uh scared. <laughs> I would and, uh, have been really sad. I would yeah. have uh, been fucked.
2: Yeah, but just like it makes me scared. It's it, it does. It makes me scared and it makes me nervous to watch people hit each other with shit and basically to a borderline extent try to not kill each other while performing bullshit like supercing yourself onto. Two steel chairs put together back first. That's dumb. That's fucking stupid. I will throw out
1: there as well. I'm sure they're okay now, but I'm pretty sure one of them's fucking suffered for it. But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, I love them, but they've done some stupid fucking spots as well.
0: Those will be the guys that are retired well and truly before their time should have been up.
1: Like I remember, I was watching the uh, when I was reviewing the Money in the Bank ladder matches, and there's one match where they're both in it, and Sammy gives Kevin a uh, Michinoku driver on an open ladder, but the ladder's not like laying down with the rungs on the mat or like set up properly. It's on its side and open, and he does the Michinoku driver, and it's a cool fucking visual.
2: But dude, no, think about your long term health. Like, it, like basically, he's he's trying he's trying to say. It's literally the letter V. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the top of the ladder. It's so the ladder's open. Take the ladder and invert it 180 oh, degrees. Oh no no, 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 not not quite like that. That was the
1: edge one. No, no. no. Oh. push it over.
2: Oh yeah, that
1: yeah. It's just on the floor, open, but the side, the rungs are still not on the floor. It's the side of it's on the floor, but it's open.
2: Yeah, yeah. The that Michinoku driver sucked as well, but yeah, the edge one for me was the was the worst one. Yeah, But just, just guys, oh my no.
1: god. And it's this stupid thing where people just go like, well, we've done this and we've done that. We've got to keep one-upping ourselves. We've got to keep thinking of something more, like, more memorable and this and that. So I'll just look at look at it and I go, I what one of the most memorable things to me in more recent ladder matches has been Brock Lesnar coming out and pushing uh, Mustafa Ali off a ladder. That's all he did. And It was amazing. I remember Seth Rollins... Uh, not Seth. Uh, it was might have been Seth, I don't remember, but someone pushed the ladder over, and Kofi went off the ladder, onto the rope, and dived onto everyone outside, and I was like, oh my god, that was so cool! Like, that shit is just cool. You don't need to do over-the-top crazy bullshit to get over. Hell, Kofi Kingston made a name for himself for, like, four years
2: by just finding different ways to not be eliminated from a battle royal. Simple shit, guys. Literally, simple fucking shit.
0: It's this- there's this mentality that I think is- It died down for a bit. It was obviously very much there with ECW being a thing, and then it kind of died down a little, and it was more like a niche. And now people have gone back to, I don't care about a regular old wrestling match. I need to see people, like, run each other over in golf carts because that's what all these guys have trained years to be able to do.
2: Yeah. and uh, Look, it's just saying... There is a time and place for that. Just as a pure example, the Rumble, Roman versus Kevin Owens, where the feud is so heated and you're wandering around like, hey, where are you, you little bitch? I'll fuck you up or whatever. And the guy comes out of nowhere the a freaking golf cart. Yet yeah, that's understandable. Like even the stuff in the stadium stampede where it's, um, you know, the how freaking Sammy Guevara t- goes after Matt Hardy and then, like the fucking a month and a half later, fucking Matt Hardy chased after semi semi Guevara. like th- th- that shit's understandable. It's all well and good, but not just randomly on a dynamite for no reason. Ex- ex- exact exactly the example of Jericho versus Nick Gage in a death match.
1: This is what I bring up as well, because it's like Everyone's like, oh, you know, this and that. Because it's the five labors of Jericho. It's Jericho's got to win his gauntlet match to get the match with MJF at All Out. We know Jericho was winning. There is no question about that. It was like the first match was, he just had a match with Ty, D- Ty Dillinger. Sean Spears. Nothing special. He just had a match with Sean Spears. And Sammy Guevara helped him to win. So MJF turned around and said, change of plans. If you have anyone help you, matches off. Logically, next one's going to be something like a handicap match, maybe. Something like... On a pole match, something stupid. Uh, the Judas effect is banned. No, no, it's a death match second. Why? Yep. And now
2: next week is a one on one again with Juventude. Why? Fucking to Guerrero. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. I bring this up in comparison to A, Cody's, like, uh, the,
1: what is it, the passion of the Cody, and B, what Moxley did. Because the whole reason they're doing this is because of these two segments. MJF said for Cody to face him, he, Cody couldn't touch MJF, but MJF could touch Cody. Uh, Cody had to receive 10 lashes, which was really weird, but whatever, that's fine. And he had to have a steel cage match with Wardlow. Nice, simple, to the point. He did all that. He got the match. MJF won. What a dick. The whole thing with Moxley was, well, you've got to fight Santana. Now you gotta fight Ortiz. Now you gotta fight Quivar, Now you gotta fight Jake Hager. Now you fight Jericho for the title. Like that was the point. He had to run the gauntlet. Meanwhile, yep. over here we're having deathmatch on a random all elite for no reason.
2: Yep. You can also turn around and say, "What was that? Ah, uh, random deathmatch? I think it was on dark. It may have been on dynamite." But you with, mean which... Kenny and Jelly? No. What was it? Was it Kenny and Jelly? I thought it was Moxley and Jelly.
1: There was both. Jelly faced both of them in different uh,
2: deathmatches. Yeah, it fucking didn't matter then. For both yeah. of them. The fucking reason Kenny stupid. one makes sense was... This was
1: why I praised it. And at the time, I didn't mind the Kenny one Because I praised it when it was... Kenny's whole thing was... Moxley came from WWE. He wanted to prove he wasn't a WWE guy and whatever. So he ran the G1. Just like Kenny did. But the difference was... Moxley lost and got hurt. While Kenny won the damn thing. That was the difference. So Kenny said... You can't live in my world. I'll come to your world, and I'll prove I'm better than you in your world as well. And he went and did the deathmatch with Joey Janela, and he won. That was the point. Kenny was proving he was better than Moxley in every way. They didn't need to have the death match first. They had to have the regular match, which Moxley would win. So then they do the rematch, which Kenny would win. Which leads us to the stupid deathmatch. Which is where uh, whoever wins, like they have Kenny, you end up winning it, but it's like whoever wins doesn't matter. You build to that point. You don't just go straight out the gate, let's do the deathmatch straight away. And I made this complaint about Bianca, Belair, and Bailey as well. Bianca and Bailey B- at Backlash had a regular one on one. It's fine, Bianca won. She won, Bailey claims she cheated, but Bianca won. Then they had a rematch at Hell in a Cell. And just for the pay-per-view, hey, by the way, it's a Hell in a Cell match. Why? Why the fuck is that a Cell match? They had a great match. Didn't justify the Cell. But whatever. Bianca won again. Then, at Money in the Bank, they were going to have another match. And it was like, how the fuck do you escalate from a Hell in a Cell? Why would you? Now, they were going to have an I Quit match. I would have paid the I Quit match. But it was like, you can't go 0 to 100 and then continue the feud after that. Another great example, which is what we're bitching about right now, is Jericho and MJF. This fucking feud has been going since October 2020. It is about to be August 2021. At what point does
2: this stupid feud end? Yep. By the way, we're not going to bitch about All, all, all Elite.
1: <laughs> and we're done with you'd, All Elite. you fucking brought <laughs> this on yourself by bringing up Nick Gage. Point taken. Right. It, came uh, from, it came from Nick Gage and uh, Matt Cardona, to Nick Gage and Jericho cuz they
2: had he had the double death match within the same week for some
1: stupid reason.
2: Yeah, and I already brought I already voiced my opinion on Reddit about the whole thing of that the whole like the thing is as a saying, deathmatch wrestling fucking whatever else I don't get, gi- I don't freaking give a shit. But the fact that the guys threw the cans of beer in the ring, that's what gets me. Yes, that is yeah. the thing. Uh, deathmatch wrestling not for me, but that is crossing a line, guys. Leave just that don't shit fucking in do it. Period. Yeah, don't don't be a fucking moron.
0: You want to throw beer cans at wrestlers? Do it while you're sitting at home on your couch, throwing it at your TV. You
1: break your own TV.
0: Don't point. go to an indie show. Or in this, case, you know, d- just don't do it. Doesn't yeah, matter who like, you're you seeing. Just throw, don't do you
1: can it. Throw paper, and you can throw fucking plastic cups. No one's going to care. But if you're throwing full cans of beer and actual heavy objects, no, go fuck yourself. Yep,
0: that's exactly it. And I mean. I think we'll move to probably the last topic, and it's it's one that I think hopefully we won't get too tilted about. Oh, Um, fuck.
1: Hold on. Let me put this
2: down. Let's fucking go.
0: I fucking miss just going to indie wrestling shows.
2: Uh, I'll I'll fucking say this. I don't. I will firmly say that.
0: Since I moved and I've been to local indie shows down here, it's just a different vibe. It hits different. Haven't been able to do it in a while.
1: I... I am divisive on this, right? So, it's, it's actually good. We have one yes, one no, and one middle. I can say yes and no to indie shows, because I've seen some stupid shit on indie shows. This is where we get our deathmatch bullshit as well, so I don't miss that. I don't miss Smarks trying to, you know, smark it up. But at the same time, you do see, like, people that you get attached to. Like, we have our friend uh, BoJack... And I don't get to see him wrestle because we don't get to have fucking shows. We don't get to have independent shows, so I don't get to see him compete. But the reason I am indifferent, yes, they've been fantastic so far when they've been back, but I don't miss crowds. And I don't know if I've made this comment in a podcast, but I've definitely made this comment several times elsewhere. I think I would be perfectly happy... With the Thunderdome for Raw and Smackdown. And doing live shows in front of crowds for pay-per-view. Because then that way, you can build your shows, you can do what you need to do and what you want to do, and end up getting there. So then when we go over here and we do our actual pay-per-view, you can have the crowd all invested instead of shitting on everything and chanting CM Punk. Like, I don't need fucking 7,000 watt chance
2: when Keith Lee goes to say something. Oh, they did do that, didn't they? oh made me depressed again
0: i think maybe it's different from the view that i have where it's like as a 100 percent only ever viewing the product as a fan i, I mean, have I no connection that. to anything past
1: uh, i i was gonna say i say that as a fan that i don't miss other fans because other fans would ruin matches for me and I mean, a good I... example a good example for this is it's actually the perfect example. Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. Oh, is, fuck off! At Extreme Rules twenty nineteen, no twenty. I, I believe it's eighteen. Twenty eighteen, because Roman gets the title. Extreme Rules twenty eighteen. Seth and Dolph have their match, and they are the main event. It is the first time the Intercontinental Title is going to main event a pay per view, in, it was like sixteen years, fucking forever. Like, this is a mega moment, and they're going to have an uh, Iron Man match, 30 minutes, because it's the end of their feud. And after the first five minutes, the crowd starts counting down the timer like a Royal Rumble. They start chanting for other shit, they throw beach balls around, they don't care. These motherfuckers begged and whinged and cried for weeks, don't have Roman and Lashley main event, we want Seth and Dolph to main event. Fair play. Here's Seth and Dolph. They can main event. Eh, don't care. Who cares? I don't miss that. It fucking ruined the entire match. And it was a fantastic match. But the whole thing is ruined because the crowd wanted to get themselves over. They were interested in themselves. That's what I do not miss.
2: Yep. I totally agree with that. There is actually a reason of why I don't like going to independent shows now as a fan. and. If anyone's out there who does go into an independent show, I want you to try and count for me. Count the number of super kicks. Count the number of V-triggers. Count the number of one-winged angels. <clears throat> count the number of spears. And how many of them are not finishers. Count the number of Canadian Destroyers. Count all of these things that were, at one point, big finishing ending moves. Finishing moves.
0: Um, fun fact here, the last indie show I went to, I walked out of probably five minutes into I would wanna say like the mid-card title match. After okay. someone kicked out of a a shooting star press counted into a very sloppy-looking pile driver. They How kicked out at one.
1: My brain hurts listening to yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And this goes back into my complaint earlier, well not complaint my comments earlier about everyone feels like they've got to one up the next thing. Like guys, you don't need to be doing that stupid shit. He could have done a shooting star, you could have gotten your knees up and then done the pile driver. He could still kick out a two if you want, but it's less stupid that way.
0: And what makes it sadder to me was you've had to over rotate on the shooting star press to get in that position.
2: No, you have to under rotate oh. it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So he's under rotating yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It gets caught and kicks out at one. And it, this wasn't like a long one. This was like a ref's hand one. hit the one yeah, kick out. out. Yeah. It's yeah. like why? How?
1: So this is why and I've made this comment before. This is how I describe myself. I can't help myself, but I can see every single problem with every single everything else. I can book the perfect thing if I myself do not get involved. So I bring this up because one of the last independent shows I watched, I was sitting there and I was watching it, and I can't—I genuinely don't remember what the finish was. It was something dumb though, and I sat there and I was like, "I'm so confused." And then after the show, I found the dudes who were in the match, and I asked them, like, "Why did you do that stupid finish? Why didn't you just go for your finish? Roll—he rolls through, come up, and then super kick into his finish or whatever it is that you guys were going to do?" And They sat there like kind of befuddled, like. Yeah, why didn't we do that? And it's like, see, this is why you need fucking match agents. This is why you need people overlooking it. Yes. A, so you don't get motherfuckers doing 76 super kicks per show because there's a reason we have a joke called, damn it, D'Lo Brown, because that's what would happen in TNA. We wouldn't fucking check over matches that would happen and shit that would happen in later matches happening earlier so there would be no crowd who cared. But it's the other thing of you guys just don't think... You go, what's the cool hot thing. I remember when Seth Rollins started doing the Superplex into the Falcon Arrow, and it was the coolest thing that was going around. And then the next indie show, I saw that spot happen three times in three different matches. And it's like, guys, I get it. Seth is cool. Kenny Omega's cool. Aleister Black's cool. Fuck, I saw this dumb motherfucker do a fucking bla- uh, Black Mass, and it was a two count. I was like, guys, that's Aleister Black's finish. That's how he wins
2: matches. And you're throwing him under the bus. Just saying, I've said it many, many times. There is a person around here in the independent scene who does a Vader moonsault, a shoot, uh, not a shooting star press, a uh, Canadian, Canadian destroyer, a uh, Rikishi driver, uh fucking what else does he do? A bunch of other stupid shit, and his actual... Finishing move is the world's strongest slam. Now, I, now look, I understand people can go. Well, it's fake. Fucking course it is. But you cannot tell me that now. This guy's like 130 kilos. He's like five. He's like five eight, five nine. He's 130 kilo. He's a big fucking boy. He he shouldn't be doing the moves almost, he, he It does. would
1: almost be like watching
2: Ryback do these things. Yeah, right. He's he's a he's a big fucking boy. But just thinking about it of just it as i as i tried to, to say to someone it's this would be like having fucking neville doing the fucking uh the falcon arrow a black arrow a shooting star a corkscrew moonsault ro- a, a freaking double a, a rolling thunder into a fucking standing double moonsault a 630 and his finisher is a schoolboy Yes it might be protected. It might be protected. He might be the only person doing this move. So 100% it's protected. But you have lost me of terms of logic, storytelling and I want to say common sense, but I don't think that's the right phrase. Just looking at everything that you're doing. You are planting guys on their head from a great height and your finishing move is you just grab them and plant them on the mat and pin them. I actually have two examples of this. They're two perfect examples of
1: big stars. One of them stopped doing it. The other one I complained about, apparently Japanese culture or fucking whatever. I don't care, but it's always bothered me. Everybody knows that the Tombstone Piledriver is done by The Undertaker and Kane. When they hit that move, it is over. It is one of the most protected moves in the history of professional wrestling.
2: So why oh. does
1: why does Kazuchika Okada use it as a setup for a rainmaker, a ripcord clothesline? Yeah, it ruins Okada matches for me. I love Okada. I think he's fantastic. But the second that happens, I am immersion broken. I don't care. Yeah. Now, the other one, which I know I've seen a lot of people complain about, I've complained about a thousand times, he did stop doing it, but it wasn't the problem that he was doing it to begin with. It was the problem he was doing it, and it wasn't how matches were ending, and it was Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt debuts the Fiend character. He comes out, he gets ready to fight Finn Balor, and Finn's doing everything he can, and it's not working, and the Fiend takes down Finn, and he's doing all this shit, and the Fiend grabs Finn, and he snaps his neck. It's not the finish. Yep. Dude, you just broke his fucking neck. You won. It's over. Pin him.
0: Count to 100. He's dead.
1: Yep. Yeah. Like, Bray, if that was what you were going to do, you didn't have to do it every match. You could do it once in a blue fucking moon. But you just fucking snapped his neck.
0: Or better yet, hey, there's a referee in the ring with you. Maybe he should check to see if the guy is dead. Call the match.
1: So then Bray yep. ended up eventually stopped doing it all together. And I was like, no, the problem wasn't that you were doing it. The problem is that you were doing it and it wouldn't end the match.
2: You broke his neck. It's over. You won. Yep. I'm trying to think of another spot of, of something else, of where it's just, I'm sorry. Why? I, I, I much the one I hate, hate saying as well. Look, I understand to a certain extent of why the Panama Sunrise is not his finisher because it's the last shot thing the shining is shining wizard yeah the shining wizard but if it's if it's the panama sun the panama sunrise bang plant them they then go from that position of being planted on the back of their fucking head into a straight into the kneeling position then you do the last shot okay it's the setup for the finishing move not panama sunrise panama sunrise panama sunrise panama sunrise then you hit the last shot and it's done Even if he kicked out once, why'd he kick out of anything else? Yeah. It's why Petey Williams had the Canadian Destroyer was protected as shit. It's just, it's what I get
1: annoyed at. Like, another good example, which she's since fixed, and it's now just a regular move that she does. Like, it's a a big spot for her, but it's not the end anymore. But another good example was Naomi. She had all this flexibility, all these kicks, all these dives, and a fucking sweet uh, split-leg moonsault. And her finish was the rear view just hit him with her ass.
0: Because that three of you...
1: Yeah, like, what the fuck, Naomi? That's awesome split-leg moonsault. That should be how you win matches. That's fucking cool. What the hell are you doing over here? Yep.
0: Uh, Basically, it's... it's Wrestlers, don't create a moveset by scrolling through the finishes section in a 2K game.
1: Literally, actually... fucking accurate. When, When you start in a... Uh, starting to learn wrestling and all that, and you start to build your move set. They literally tell you, go to two K and just build yourself a move set, but don't base it off all this bullshit. Don't give yourself seven super kicks. Don't go and do all this crazy stupid shit. You can do a DDT or something because that move's not protected anymore. Like it's everyone
0: way- does DDTs, <laughs> but
1: it's like it's- build yourself a slow, slowly build up a move set of things that you will do. You know, last time I saw a sidewalk slam. I'm pretty sure Kane did it in, like, 2003.
0: I love a that good a sidewalk slam, move. to be honest. What's that? I love a good sidewalk <laughs> slam.
1: You want know what my absolute favorite move of all time is, legitimately? The fallaway slam. Also known as the last call from JBL. Yep. He just scoops him up in the world strongest slam position like Mark Henry and he just tosses him over the top of his head. That's fucking awesome. I mean, hell, I even to the
0: that. extent when that was done with the, uh, where they did the stall where they actually drop down first, like, onto the knee, and then get back yeah. up, and then do the full away slam.
1: Like, that is my fucking favorite move of all time. I love that move. And I never see anyone do it, because they look at guys like JBL and Eddie Guerrero and almost to a point Chris Jericho, and they see what those guys did, and they went, okay, that's what worked for you then. How can I one up this bullshit? Like, everyone does, every motherfucker does a Spanish fly or a C4 on WWE now. Morrison, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, Mansour. It's
2: like, guys, fucking slow down. Why is everyone doing this? So, so I've actually got one. This was actually my favorite move that I did in 2K games. And I will say this, if I was going to have any sort of wrestling character, by that, if I had any athletic ability, it would be my finisher. Okay? So imagine you are standing in front of your opponent, you have your left hand in their left hand as if you're going to do with them in an, uh, in an Irish whip, except they're groggy because you always have to be in a groggy state to hit your finisher. Now, pick up their right hand and throw it, like, basically, so their right hand is in your right hand and it's on top. Your right hand specifically is on, is on top. I think I know what we're doing. Yep. Now, basically, so they're groggy, put them under your arm as if you were going to give them a suplex. Brainbuster. it's a technically a straight jacket brain buster
1: or See, I, thought, I thought you were going to rotate and it was going to be straight jacket neck breaker which i also love that move too
2: yep i think that as well. i do that was tyson kid yep i like th- anything to do where it's they do not have the use of their hands not not that they're saying that's okay it's not protected because you're obviously taking care of them you that they are trusting you with whatever you're going to do, going to do to them but it looks impactful or even Actually, then imagine having it where it's a basically a straight jacket stalling suplex or a straight jacket falcon arrow anything to do with that start of it because as soon as you throw the, um as soon as you put them with their head underneath your your left arm if your right arm is over the top you are holding their left hand as soon as you grab them you let go of their right hand to Grab onto their tights. Their right hand is almost immobile because it's over, and Un- like basically because you're still holding onto their onto their their left hand. Their right hand is basically near your fucking dick. Their right hand is virtually immobile. You can hit whatever move you want from that position, and it will look devastating enough because it's a straight jacket. Whatever, it still looks cool, but it's still a move. That is exactly the same move you've seen countless fucking times. There's a reason why Braun Strowman's fucking running power slam is devastating as hell. Fucking boo, you stole my comment. (laughs) Goddamn, sorry. I was about to
1: say, I was about to say, I only realized when I saw this pop vinyl over here, I forgot I had it uh, sitting over here, but it's, I've seen Bobby Lashley and Test and Abyss And Matt Morgan and all these fucking big guys do a running power slam. And the only person who ever sold me on this goddamn move as an actual finisher is Braun Strowman. Because he made it seem like he just killed them. You can't get up
2: from how when he does it compared to how everyone else does it. Yep. And there is a difference of why it's believable for Braun Strowman to do it. What's a bigger move that he does than that? What is a bigger impactful move that Braun Strowman does that has more impact than
1: the running power slam? See, I was going to bring this up as well because I was like, oh, we better probably finish soon because we're reaching uh, all eight elevation levels. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I, I just realized oh. how much I'm going to have to re-listen to this.
2: And how much you're going to have to edit. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be
0: so mad.
2: Blink <laughs> this, you motherfucking cunts. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, no. I got
1: one last one, though, and it's perfect for this. Because everyone whinges and they bitched and they cried for years on end. Why does Roman Reigns use the spear? Yeah. You know the amount of times I had to re watch shield matches when I was recapping all these (laughs) Money in the Bank wins? And every single time, you know how these matches ended? Spear, 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 spear. Right back will have them up for the uh, shell shock. Spear, Seth pulls on the cover. Mark Henry's going for the World's Strongest Slam. Spear! Oh, there is the cover. Randy Orton's gone for the RKO. Pushed off. Spear! Like, every single time, he's hitting this move. Because he's the only one who can put someone down with this move. That's why Roman ended up keeping it as his big finish. He didn't need another move. Because Roman Reigns perfected the move. The only person who could argue against him, which we almost had the match last year...
2: Was Goldberg. Yep. Then we're not going to get it. Nope. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me, but yeah, it's just, as much as
1: I love Edge, Roman Reigns is the only person I've seen do a convincing spear that
2: he has won. He has murdered them. I'm trying to think of someone else that you mentioned, and... Believe it or not, it's actually another move that I actually really enjoy, and I've seen literally no one else perform it. You said Matt Morgan, the hell
1: No, You bring this move up all the time.
2: I like it! I think it's a really innovative move! (laughs) It's fine, I'm just saying. I bring it up all the time because I like it, and fuck all the people who don't. But it's just like, I say, I've never seen anyone else do it. It's a believable finishing move.
1: I'll actually bring up that my second favorite move after the fall away slam is the literal Arn Anderson Spine Buster. But and I bring this up as well, you can have someone create the move, like Arn did, but you can have someone else perfect the move. I'm sorry, but no matter how many times you try to argue this or which way you look at it, to me, Triple H is the best person to ever pulled that move off.
0: Yep. hundred percent, definitely there. It's like this mean, say- they had the whole they had the whole thing where they went online and like the socials like who did it best and everyone argued that no, this person, it's like, yeah, but. It's,
1: it, it, how <sighs> crisp he does and how smooth it is. You watch everyone else do it and every now and then they have a stumble and just every single Triple H one is the exact same and it's got the same snap and the same twist and the same perfection. Yeah, I was going to say the fact
0: time. that he would use that momentum that they had to up and rotate himself with them just to give it that little extra impact. It's just Perfect. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm done
2: ranting for now. <laughs> anyway, have but, we got it? Have we got an, an, another question, or was that was the? the that, that was, the last was one?
0: pretty much it. I'm uh, probably gonna wrap it up here. <laughs> um, we, we do
1: probably have. I would say we probably have more, but that, as said, like when I was bitching that all elite, that'll have to be a next episode. Yeah, that'll probably. be a. uh will yeah. be it. an
0: episode that'll just be rip on all elite. Fucking yeah, ice. It's
2: called. Uh, what's the next show? All out. It's I'm not, called I'm
0: not, Getting Cancelled.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure we can upload a, a podcast that's 180 hours long.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, joke, but. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Um, thanks, guys, for listening again. Check us out on Twitch at Play That Good Stuff or on Twitter at TTGS Pod. Um, you can also catch any live streams on YouTube at Play That Good Stuff as well. The archives go there. Um, leave us a good review on whatever podcast platform you're using, Um, or don't or don't, (laughs) don't. maybe leave a negative review and tell us how we suck I always say that,
1: yeah, fuck dominoes
0: (laughs) we're done